to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Here's your host, Steve Hudgens. Welcome back. I'm Steve. I'm a licensed professional therapist here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. With me is Julia, the co-host and a therapeutic coach. Together we talk about a variety of different subjects, or sometimes we interview other people to provide you with a different perspective about life and to help you to be a better you. To contact us, it's 918-280-08690 or coachsoul.com. These are two ways to contact us, not on an emergency basis, but to provide feedback, questions for upcoming shows. And if you'd like to be on the show, please use the contact page on the website. We would love to hear from you. Julia, as always, it's good to see that smile, even when you have a headache. Yay! Thank you, Steve, for having me here. You know I love this, and I love you. Hey, I love you, and for the support you give us. You know, one of the things that is coming up is Veterans Day, and I'm going to let go of the reins, and you're going to be the host of this show because I've got a great friend. In fact, it's funny because I have not seen her in 30 years. 30 plus years, Steve. Okay. And Nikki. So we want to welcome Nicole Smith and I may call her Nick. I may call her Nikki, but we want to thank you for being a part of this process and uh, just being here. Steve, thank you both you and Nikki for your service. And I want to learn, and I'm sure our audience does a little bit more about both of you. And so let's get this started. How do you guys know each other? Nikki, can you help us with that? 1995, it would have been May, mm-hmm. 16th Signal Battalion, Fort Hood, Texas. I showed up at the unit because uh, one of the soldiers stole me from a, another unit I was supposed to go to and brought me into the CQ desk and no idea where, what, what was going on. Nothing. My very first duty station. And I think CQ I sat there stands for, for charger quarters. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I was going to say, Sorry. what is that? Cause for yeah. us non-military people, um, <laughs> we'll have to use actual words because, um, we, we, we need crayon instructions out here in the civilian world. Um, okay. So that was, that was what brought you to the unit. Where did Steve come in and that connection that you guys have? I think it was the motor pools where we first met, really just in passing. Um, Back then, there was no such thing as fraternization. They didn't have the rules and regulations to where you, there was no such thing. You could go out to dinner, to lunch with your NCOs and your senior people in charge of you, your bosses. So, I mean, we'd all just get together whether it would be lunch or dinner or just hanging out afterwards, breakfast in the morning. So, and you just, that's how you become a family. Do you think Nikki that having that ability to connect um, lower ranking versus upper ranks kind of connections and interactions felt more supportive to you at that time? Yes, absolutely. Yes is that I was going through a lot of personal stuff and first time away from home, I was older than a lot of the other ones, my rank. And I was the same age as Steven 
the rest of them. So I connected with them on a personal level is the where I didn't connect with the junior enlisted because of age and life experience. Understood. Understood. Okay. So what brought you and you and Steve met originally in this motor pool um, experience? How did, because this has been 30 years since you guys have seen each other and all of a sudden uh, you reached out to him recently. Tell me about that and why you did that. He popped up on Facebook as somebody that I might know. And I'm like, yeah, I know him. I was in Fort Hood with him. So I just clicked and said, hey, how you doing? And it went from there. You know, what's funny, Julia, is that I get this Facebook request and I'm like, who is she? So I said, I don't want to be rude. Do I know you from somewhere? And she says, I know you from Fort Hood. You were the soldier that took me underneath your wing to mm-hmm. take care of me. And if you couldn't, you were able to get another soldier that took care of me. Mm-hmm. And so- it hit me uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, see, I'm getting emotional now. Nikki, I really don't remember uh, well, just it- helping see, you. Steve was not my platoon sergeant or squad leader. He was just another NCO, but what made him different than other NCOs is his compassion for people and the kindness that he shared, regardless of whether he was assigned, you were assigned to him or not. Mm -hmm. If he saw you were having a bad day, he was right there saying, hey, you okay? How you doing today? And he's a teacher. He wasn't one of these NCOs and I got blessed because I had a lot of NCOs there that were teachers. They didn't yell at you. They didn't scream at you. They're like, okay, you don't know what you're doing. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. Let, let me let me show you. So then you can either show the next person because they knew that the screaming and yelling and all that was like not productive. And it worked. And like I said, I was going through some stuff and I, had, I came from a, a place that was not very kind. So anytime anybody was kind to me, I remember that. And I I can still feel like I'm back there at at that moment. So first of all, I want to acknowledge um, those those tender moments and, and just really, um, I, from my experience with Steve, Steve, that is who you are. And I'm sure our audience knows this, but you are a teacher. You are a person that reaches out and you try to solve the problems. You're a comforter and you, um, Mm -hmm. and so I really, really can, I can visualize having not even been there. (laughs) I can visualize what you may have meant to Nikki and and probably many, many others. How important, Steve, do you think these types of connections are in the military for those that are both active and those that have now been sent home? You know, I grew up in the military because my father was 26 years Air Force and we would move. And so we would break contact, make contact. But the biggest impact for me was being stationed overseas. Um, My father was there. I was during my high school year. Even as children, I have friends 
from Misawa, Japan. I have at least 30 plus from high school that are Facebook friends. We're a tight knit family mm -hmm. and we're trained in basic training to take care of your man. No one's to be left behind. Just hearing Nicole's story. I mean, you're right. It's just who I am. It's my nature and, and, and just helping people. But to remember me is, um, is emotional for me because I don't expect it. That's also your nature. I've, I've learned you have a very <laughs> humble spirit about you in that regards. Nicole, how are you feeling right now listening to the impact of you reaching out to him 30 years later, how that's just touched his heart? Um, I understand. I've had similar situations with soldiers that I had no clue that I had such an impact in their career, in their lives. And when it happens, it's like, wow, it just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It gives you chills and yeah, it makes you want to come to tears. It's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of pretty cool actually. And, and we you know both... that you made an impact in someone's life that is like that is, makes you feel good. And we both lost a platoon sergeant, Staff Sergeant Leroy Jackson, who just passed away, what, in June? Uh, yeah, I believe it was June, June 14th, yeah. I think. And so that's like part of our family. Yes. Now, Nikki, she served longer than I did. I did four years active telecommunications engineering, moved to Tulsa in 96, and no, yeah, November of 96 to work for MCI as a telecom engineer. But I also did four years reserve duty in the criminal investigations unit, what we call CID. Um, different experiences, but for similar purposes, I'm going to make that assumption here. Either one of yep. you want to correct me on that. <laughs> um, and so yep. you've, lo you've lost this. Um, this staff sergeant, correct? Mm -hmm. um, and have there been other losses that you guys are aware of that either one of you are aware of to suicide, for instance? Um, oh, absolutely. Awesome connection. Jason Gold mm -hmm. saying his name. He was going through a rough time. Um, we had, without getting into it, we had similar uh, experiences in the military, horrific situations and he didn't handle it very well. He was actually on his way across country and he had reached out and said, Hey, I'll be passing through. You got a place I can stay. I said, yeah, sure. I was expecting him on December 22nd. And I got the email December 1st that he had committed suicide. And I, I couldn't make it to his service because of the weather and all that stuff. And I think that's the one that hits me the hardest because it's the only one that reached out that I couldn't help. The only one. So that one's the hardest. It's okay, Patch. My puppy dog, he knows I'm. Yeah, you can feel it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, have yeah. I have a service dog too, so she, she does the same. Um, so tell okay. me when you, when you think about these losses 
how could connection both in service and especially out because our men and women are coming home and there's a high prevalence of suicide, suicide ideologies, um, attempts. How can we show up for our veterans to sucker them through their pain and perhaps have an impact on lowering those um, military suicidal experiences? So what's interesting, Julia, is that 2019, I was going through cancer and Nikki says, look, what can I do for you? And she was reaching across to VFW, bikers, you name it. We try to get a sense of community from the military family because me being private practice, I was going to lose income for two months. And so as a family, we come together as a community. I think one of the problems that, and, and Nikki, you can help me if I have a sense that as military, we take on a sense of strength and pride, and it's hard for us to reach out to our civilian community to say we're hurting. Mm -hmm. And so Very it's true. going to be hard. You know, we lost a nurse in August at St. John's Hospital, was a military veteran, committed suicide. My friend, Michael, uh, knew him, but things seemed to be fine. It's just harder for military to say, hey. And I think it's because you look at our veterans from Vietnam who were not supported by the community. But it's impressive of Gulf War veterans and how much our community has supported them. But see, we go from one, ping, one pendulum to the next. And I just, I came from the VA today just for a follow-up because I nearly died in August. And I'm talking to the cardio doctor and I'm, I find it fascinating because he left the private sector because they're expecting him to see 30 patients in a day and the veterans, he's able to see less and get more clinical care. But he agrees with me. There is a disconnect between the medical and the mental health position across the board. Mm -hmm. So it's challenging to try to answer your question. Nikki, you want to kind of chime in? You have to look for the signs too. And not everybody is educated to see the signs of a potential suicide. And he's right. There is a disconnect. And I'll say there's a disconnect within the VA also, because personally myself, I've just got done dealing with this, seeing a therapist at the VA. And before I could even open my mouth, I was asked one question and the answer wasn't what they wanted to hear. And they said, oh, well, we need to reevaluate you. You don't have PTSD. And I'm like, wait a minute. And that's because they're going by a book and they're reading and asking questions. And if this didn't happen or if this didn't happen, then you don't, you don't fall into this category. And that's not how we need to be treated. But that's the new standard. In and just for clarification, because I, um, I, 
I think I know, but I would like clarity. Um, are in the, at the VA? Are you are you seeing an actual licensed uh, therapist, or are you seeing social workers? Both. Both. Okay. Because I know there was a time that LPCs were not allowed at, at, to address issues through the VA. So I was wondering if that was still the case. It, what I was getting at is that some of the soldiers that this is happening to emotionally cannot handle to them that is a form of, re of rejection right. yes, and is. that taking away the validation of what happened to them, mm -hmm. of what they went through. Because now you're saying, oh, you know, because this didn't happen, you're telling me this didn't happen. But so much more happens that is not talked about, isn't told, isn't in that little book of those questions. And so we have to be there for each other because we know what happened. We've experienced it. And part of the part of the clinical process of this is majority of the of the VA system is housed with social workers. Okay. That the problem that what Nikki's talking about is that it's hard to tell whether or not they go with the DSM-5 or if it's just military regulations that the VA set forth. There's like a double standard in the VA system okay. of what they go by. Okay. Nikki, would, would you agree? Yes. Um, cause, uh, and they, I don't know if you guys are aware, but um, they have a whole nother arm now of uh, PTSD programs that they're testing throughout different facilities. And they're not, let's just say personal experience, they're not very well. <laughs> okay. okay. They're, they're not working. Okay. Well, there is, um, I, there are, um, let me just ask this question. How has serving changed you? Steve, can you just give me just an um, answer that just briefly? How, how has serving changed your life, impacted it? You know, when you come from a structured family and you go into the military, it gives you a sense of, of family just because you may, you may have a different skin color, gender, age, everybody is family. It's a different dynamic than the civilian world, but just to serve my country and to, and to see what this administration has done to destroy this country pisses me off. Because I'm about the freedom of this country. I'm about freedom of people's rights not to be taken away. And they're trying to divide this country by things like critical race theory things of that nature that becomes divisive. So as serving, I take pride that I don't care if we have a difference of opinion. It's America. America was built on differences of opinions and we build off of the new opinions that grew out of it. And so to serve my country, there's a lot of pride in that. I can I can hear the I can hear that pride and the honor in your voice. And of course I can see you on video. Our listeners won't be able to, but I, I can see it in your body language. And thank you for that. Nikki, how has serving changed your life? 
um, gave me a family. Um, when I turned, when I graduated high school, I basically had no family. My family turned their back on me and said, go out in the world, you're on your own. So through trials and tribulations, I ended up signing the dotted line. Well, Nikki, thank you for your service. What advice do you think that you would give those that are considering serving in the military? Talk to veterans. Go to your local VA, go to your your American Legion, the DAV, go to the VA hospital. Find veterans that are um, were in the branch that you were in, in the MOS or the job area that you're looking at and talk to them. And if you've already signed the dotted line, the one piece of advice that I always give the young people I meet, keep copies of every single piece of medical documentation, no matter how small it is. And triplicate. Everything. Everything. Because they will experience here, personal experience, they will try and take away the injuries and things that you have occurred on active duty and say they don't exist or never happened. Um, example, our unit, when I was in Iraq, destroyed all the medical records that the administrative had for the soldiers because they didn't want to bring them back. So soldiers are having to recreate and, and figure out how to prove that these injuries happened or these shots were given. And so, Steve, based on that information, and thank you for sharing that, Nikki. Um, Steve, do you think that this may be uh, contributing to the anxiety levels and, ex and basically negative experiences that our soldiers are having when they come home because they're actually having to prove that some of the uh, things that, that happened to them actually occurred while they were active duty? from the very people that were supposed to protect them and look out for them and um, basically just make sure that they had something after they left the military. Do you think that, that these things like records being lost or deliberately destroyed is part of the anxiety causing elements for our soldiers? Well, you look at Keith, Keith could not continue it as a co-host because of his medical condition. He had 32 different service-connected illnesses that the VA would not give him 100%. They wouldn't even give him anything because they said, we have loss of records. So he has to go back to his lieutenant colonel to prove that he was at this time and place of this helicopter crash or whatever. Mm. So we go through things expecting to be taken care of. But when we come out... It's a whole different story. So the reason behind this podcast today is in celebration of Veterans Day. Is This is, comes out November the 8th. Veterans Day is November the 11th. Please share this podcast and honor any of veteran that you see on the streets because we protected this country and we feel, for the most part, been betrayed by our country. Nikki, I mean, would you say the same thing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. 
I want to say something because, and I, and I just want to say on the sides of the, for those that are very supportive of our mel, our uh, military vets, that if you are out there and you're contributing um, and connecting with them, supporting them, whatever it may be, that if you're doing that, just continue to do that. Continue reaching out and letting them know that they matter, whether they're active or inactive, um, and whatever for whatever reason they may have left those branches. I'd also like to send out an invite that if you're listening to this podcast, reach out to Inspire Medical uh, Spot, uh, Dr. Knife Chief. We will have her on a future podcast. She does PTSD uh, injections or ganglion blocker injections. She is a veteran herself, so she has a heart for our vets. And we know by research that these injections do assist in bringing down some of those levels. I use them personally after I had a stroke and it was one of the tools that enabled me to be able to get my brain functioning on a level that it is now. So um, I just wanna send out that invite and she is located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So Steve, I'm gonna turn this back over to you. We're down to our last few minutes and I wanna thank both you and Nikki for this opportunity to share just a piece of your story, some of your opinions, your thoughts and your hearts. Um, it really helps us as citizens to know what's really going on because all we have typically is media showing up for us. So thank you guys for giving us some real insight. You know, it, it's funny that we say media, but they don't portray the true factors of things. This is the reason for Coach Soul is to present truth, to present two different sides, allow the public to determine what's best for them. For our listeners, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. So In a moment of this time frame. It's a dedication to all veterans who have died with the uniform on, still wear the uniform, and those of us who have hanged our uniform. May all of our veterans be blessed. May God bless this country. And may God bless you. Thank you for honoring us as veterans. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.